It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hugh Freeze must hire Chris Kiffin to be his defensive coordinator. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. We're dapping it up on this Wednesday as we are joined by Montgomery radio legend, Daryl Daprich. And of course, you can hear me and Daryl after every live basketball game that happened last night. Be sure to check that in your uh, podcast feed. We're there, but Daryl. There's so much talk and chatter about the coaching staff and specifically these coordinators that have now opened up. And I think the guy to replace Ron Roberts should be Chris Kiffin. The relationship between he and Hugh Freeze is clearly special. They've won at a high level at previous stops. What they did together at Ole Miss was elite. And that's just the relationship aspect of it. I love what he's done as far as on the field. I love what he's done off the field from a recruiting standpoint. To me, Daryl, he checks all the boxes. Auburn must hire this guy to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah, and Auburn's got an inherent luxury with Charles Kelly being there. So if you ever worry about schematics or X's and O's and you've got a defensive coordinator that's got experience, from a play-calling standpoint, Charles Kelly's your man. So Chris Kiffin, who's done that as well and is in the NFL right now with the Houston Texans, is a heck of a recruiter, a really good recruiter. Uh, he's got history, as you mentioned, with Hugh Freeze, um, has a lot of contacts in the league, is a really good talent evaluator. And look, mm-hmm. I just think that when you're recruiting high school kids, it's a real advantage to be able to say, hey, I just came from the NFL. I know what it takes to be a linebacker or a defensive player in the league, you come here and play at Auburn and get coached up by us, and I can give you a little bit of insight on that. So I love that. And I love the aspect that there's a familial connection with Lane Kiffin, who loves to troll people and loves to do stuff like that. Chris Kiffin knows where the bodies are buried. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of fun back and forth with that. I think stuff will be kept in check. I I love if that's who they go after. I mean, that's who I would want. And I just think, again, I hear incredible things about his recruiting prowess. No question about it. No question about it. And so for folks who are like, who is Chris Kiffin? Yeah, you mentioned he is brothers with Lane, but really got his main. uh, He was a defensive line coach at Arkansas State. And then I believe he followed Hugh Freeze to Ole Miss. And he was on the Ole Miss staff um, for a long time until 2017 when he was hired by his brother, Lane Kiffin, at FAU. He was a DC at FAU. And then he went to the league and was the, the pass rush specialist coach for the 49ers. He was a defensive line coach for the Cleveland Browns and a linebackers coach for the Houston Texans. And I, I say the names of those positions in the NFL because I think it's really important because the the biggest concern for me right now and I know so many people are concerned about quarterback we'll talk a ton about quarterback but I think pass rush is going to be a problem and the fact that he was elected one of the 32 guys in the world to be over the pass rush for an NFL team I think that says a lot combine that with what he was able to do under Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. I mean, we all remember the land shark defense and it was really annoying, but it'd be cool if you were the, if you were a fan pulling for it when, 
Robert Kimdichie's running around, you know, doing all that. Picture Keldrick Falk doing that. I think you get a little bit excited. That was him. That was him. And Hugh Freeze working together and, and acquiring that talent and putting it together on the field. So I just picture that kind of energy and vibe inside Jordan Hare Stadium. And with the branding and, you know, the Auburn family just getting behind these types of things, I think it would be electric, Daryl. I really do. You know, you specifically mentioned the position groups he was in charge of, but I also want to go back and go a little deeper, deeper, peel back the onion about the teams. So let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers pass rush. Yes, they've had elite pass rushers like Bosa and some of those other guys. That dude that lost his mind, I can't remember his name. But they've always rushed the pass. I mean, he was in he was in charge of a defensive line and a, a pass rushing specialist that was getting it done. And then a lot of things about the Cleveland Browns, their fans couldn't get too excited about, but they've had good defensive lines with Miles Garrett, some other guys. So he was in charge of units that were successful as well. Sure. I think that's a very, very key point the Houston Texans with their coach being a former linebacker uh in him him being the the assistant under him uh, Ryan the coach at, at Houston their linebackers have been much improved over this year went back and and looked at some of the stats and some of the projections and some of the the growth so it's not just that he's a, a you know a placekeeper in those jobs he's actually made an impact and those particular teams have excelled in those areas yeah and I mean, there's a there's a big chunk of the Auburn fan base that harps on development. We've got to develop our guys. Well, bring in former NFL coaches. That 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 will happen. That will certainly happen uh, on the defensive side of the ball because he knows what it takes. Like you said, he knows what it looks like. Okay, Keldrick Falk. Okay, Eugene Asante. Okay, Kay and Lee. I know what professionals look like at your position groups. And let's work on getting you there. Let's work on getting what you is, there. And I, and I think, it, I'm sorry, Dale, but I think it also would be so advantageous for the position coaches as well to learn under a Chris Kiffin. What is the position group you're most excited about from the incoming recruiting class on the defensive side of the ball? It's either D-line or linebackers. I think you can make the argument for both. And what has Chris Kiffin done traditionally in the last six years in his coaching aspects? D yeah, line, D-line linebackers. linebackers. He hadn't and, been a secondary and, coach. And pass rushes. Pass exactly. rushing specialist. That's what gets me fired up. You want to talk about developing people that are coming in that are, are very, very talented and are coming to your team in a high position group that you're most excited about as incoming freshmen? This guy has a direct impact and knowledge working with that particular position group. It's a perfect fit. It's a marriage made in heaven, in my opinion. And he was able to recruit at the highest level at Ole Miss. And granted, yes, there was shady stuff going on before his stint in the NFL. You got to think it only get better now. Yeah, and you could, especially the tools now that are, are given to you as a recruiter with NIL okay. and that kind of thing. I also I always kind of look at this as a as a, a different aspect too. Now, what kind of in, impact could he have at getting kids in the portal? It's not just recruiting. When we talk about what a great recruiter, great recruiter, well, Portal is recruiting as well. You know, kids yeah. come on visits. You got to convince them to come to your school. You're and just recruiting totally them out of different. another college. Yeah, it's a totally different type of recruitment. And we've learned but that. But it's still recruiting. Kind of like, yeah. Yeah, kind of the hard way. We I don't know if we've mm -hmm. really figured that out yet as a, as a staff and as a program. So, yeah, maybe Chris Kiffin can help with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think 
I think Auburn has to hire Chris Kiffin. I mean, it seems like a it seems like a no brainer to me. Assuming he wants the job, he may want to stay in the NFL, but it just seems like his relationship with Hugh Freeze is what could make this even more possible. Daryl, I think he's the favorite. I think he's the favorite for Auburn to hire as defensive coordinator. What are your thoughts on this? I agree, and I think it's about meshing systems, styles, and philosophies. And I think, with again, I keep going back to the Charles Kelly already being on the staff. It hasn't been officially announced yet, but everyone's reporting it, and we've had multiple people report that he's already on campus. So let's just be honest about that. Multiple mm-hmm. people. Uh, and so – in the media. So I think that Kelly in his styles could mesh real well. You bring in a guy like we heard maybe a Zach Arnett who wants to run his own defense and is kind of used to being as talented as, as good as he is. And I'd love him too. But he's more of a lone wolf. I think you're looking for styles to mesh and philosophies to mesh. And Kiffin's is meshes more with Charles Kelly. And I think what they want to accomplish. Yeah. I will say if, if Auburn cannot land Chris Kiffin, my second choice would be Zach Arnett, but I read somewhere somebody breaking down his contract, and that would be a little bit tougher financially to pull off. And so to me, I kind of read that. And I was like, eh, I, don't, I don't know if that's even likely anymore, but I would love Zach Arnett as defensive coordinator. In fact, he was who I wanted last year um, right. to be a part of Hugh Freeze's staff. And then, look, Ron Roberts, I think, was a solid defensive coordinator. Just didn't – you talk about meshing. I mean – that's a lot of different things, style, scheme, how you communicate. I mean, there's so many different things that make a good coaching fit and a good player fit and, and a good fit in anything. I mean, you think about, you think about, you know, you're your, a real life, normal job where you go into the office, like you need to fit into the culture. Everybody around you is going to be miserable, including you. So we'll see. Yep. But yes. Yeah. You and I are on the Chris Kiffin bandwagon. We'll see if, uh, we'll see if Auburn does it. And I don't think anything could, really move until the Texans are out of the playoffs. Interestingly enough, they play the Browns um, this weekend, which is where Chris Kiffin was before the Houston Texans. So we'll see. We'll see. Should Auburn fans root for the Browns this weekend? I don't know. You can make that decision. You can make Mm. that decision. Mm -mm. All right. Has this offseason been good for Auburn? We discuss in just a moment right here. Unlocked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn is the best place to hire qualified candidates for your small business uh, faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. We talk about culture fit in the office. Um, LinkedIn can help you find those standout candidates to fit in your business as well. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. It's Kubota orange day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Daryl Daprich, our guest on this Wednesday. Once again, if you're wanting basketball coverage for what happened last night with Auburn 
and Texas A&M. It's already up. It's up on YouTube as well as uh, should be the the episode before this on your podcast feed. So be sure to check that out if you just want more Auburn talk today. Uh, Daryl, has this offseason for Auburn been good in your mind? I'd, I'd consider it incomplete. It hasn't. I don't have the same. Let, which let's add the caveat up to yeah. this point. Up to okay, this point, up to this point, I would say it's been, been I, I would say it's been average. Me too. I, I would not, and I think it's because it's on two fronts. I think from an offseason standpoint, the recruiting aspect has been phenomenal. The portal rumors of guys jumping in, and you know, the 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 uh, people leaving prospectively and having to be salvaged and some of the coaching turnover as as good as it might be or might be by design all that the uncertainty the the not continuity and again guys yeah. jumping in the portal jumping out all that has not been good and especially the portal has not been good for trying to get guys so for that aspect I would just I would just rank it average I think so too and some of it I think is narrative based as far as was Auburn pursuing a quarterback? Were they not? Were they pursuing a quarterback after the bowl game, but not before the bowl game? It kind of seemed like they missed out on Riley Leonard. I mean, there's just a lot of different narratives that like we don't know what actually happened. So it's really hard to judge the quarterback situation because we don't actually know what Auburn's intentions were. Did they want to bring in competition for Peyton Thorne? Were they really comfortable with Peyton Thorne? I mean, some of the narratives don't really match what some of the things that they were saying were. So it's really tough to, to gauge that and grade that because we don't know, Daryl. Um, as far as acquiring folks via the portal, I thought they would make a more aggressive push at another wide receiver. And I like Robert Lewis from Georgia State. I think he's got a chance to make an impact on this team. The Sam Jackson, the fifth move I thought was interesting. Like I don't really see, I don't really see that impacting the 2024 team. I could be wrong, could be wrong. And I'm pulling for the guy, but I just don't really see that as a move. You're shaking your head. No, are you, are you agreeing or are you saying that I'm wrong? No, I actually, I apologize. I was just doing that with my neck. I just had a little okay. bit of, I apologize. I had a little crick no, in my neck good. and I was trying to be subtle about it. And I got to be a little bit more. You're good. You know. No, I didn't know. I, I didn't know yeah, what you I, were thinking one way or the little, other. A little crick there, a little, little, little catch there. So yeah. Rico Walker, the tight end. I, I like, he might be one of, he might be my favorite portal edition. And I don't even know how much he impacts 2024, but I love him for the future of this program. And then on the defensive line, you add Gage Keys and Trill Carter. I think both of those guys currently are role players. I hope they both prove me wrong. But you lose so much from Marcus Harris leaving. And unless you scoot Keldrick Falk inside, there's just no way you're going to get that type of production for the three technique. And so did they do enough there to patch up that hole? Daryl, I'm not sure. The quarterback narrative, I give them a pass on. I'm not even including that in for the, to the formula yeah. for this transfer portal. What I actually like Sam Jackson as a sleeper. I really am high on him and am very intrigued by him. And I think he's very 
people are sleeping on him a little bit. I think he's going to have more of an impact that people think in 2024 from the receiver position. I really do. I like this kid's when you know his athleticism. He was dynamic when he came in. Made him a couple mistakes at quarterback, but seemed to be really, really uh, like uh, moved the team a little bit. They had a little bit of a spark when he came in. I love his athleticism, his yeah. foot speed. So I think that's a good one. I like Lewis as well. Where I think they missed the mark is the offensive lineman that you know rumored mm-hmm. that Auburn was interested in and could even get him on campus. Other teams got him to commit before they could get on campus. I think I want to see another secondary player, whether at corner or at safety. They haven't addressed that yet. So, you know, another offensive lineman and another player in the secondary. And then I think you could start filling that out and saying it's a little bit more successful. But without those two positions being addressed right now, uh, a little concerning as far as it being thin getting into the portal. I agree with you on the offensive line because really the only offseason addition they had was um, was Seth Wilfred, the JUCO player. And, and maybe he'll outperform what we're expecting. I think we're a year away from using him. But I said the same thing about Xavier Miller last year, so who knows. The, the defensive back thing, they never really pursued a safety. And they never really actively pursued outside corners with the exception of A.J. Harris. And there was some talk on how they were going to actually use him and, and all that. So I, I kind of wonder if this coaching staff feels good about the young talent in this defensive back room. We saw a little bit of it against Maryland. And in the second half against Maryland in the Music City Bowl, they looked fine. The first half, it took them a second to figure out where they were and what state they were in. But once they got settled, Daryl, it seemed like they were okay. I kind of get the vibe that this this coaching staff's okay rocking with some of the younger guys. That's okay, but what about depth? I mean, it's still it. I mean, fine if you feel like the guys that you have could th- to start are already on the roster. I'm for that. But when you look at the sheer numbers of who you've lost in the secondary, and when you look at the kind of depth you may need in the secondary, that's where it makes sense to add a body or two. I'm not necessarily saying go find someone to replace Keontae Scott or Kane Lee or Sylvester Smith or Donovan Kaufman. Although you may want to add one of those bodies, you can move somebody inside. Mm-hmm. But what about if any of those dudes get hurt? I guess what you're saying is a J.D. Rim and a Colton Hood, that they're the backups and they're comfortable with them. Ah, that's a little bit scary for me. I'd like to add one more season body for just a depth perspective. If anything, I'm counting else. 17 scholarship dbs and that seems that seems about right but you want you want more proven guys yeah i mean i don't know out of those 17 what the rotation is going to look like i think we have a pretty good idea who's going to start at the corner i think we have a pretty good idea the safety will be i love laquan robinson i think sylvester smith and then after that kaufman does he switch does he switch positions okay what if what happens if one of your corners get hurt just one where do you go? Colton Hood. Okay. Inexperience. Or J.D. Rim. J.D. Rim's probably yeah. that guy. I just, I guess we've been spoiled with the amount of depth and interchangeable parts I, that Auburn's had I the also last think, couple of years. I think Jalen Crawford is going to play as a true freshman. I mean, I think he's a dude. I think he's very Yeah, I mean, good. if Kay and Lee did, then, you know, it's the, the, it's not like it, there hasn't been a precedent for it. There is. So, mm-hmm. I, I get, I'm just one of those guys that really, until they get on campus and play some snaps, I don't count on them yet to do that, except for some of these receivers. 
Well, there's going to be a ton of true freshmen, I think, that play in 2024. Let's take a peek ahead, Daryl, and look at that in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is the best place to wager on all of your sports action. And right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is so easy to use. And there's so many different ways to bet. They've got live same game parlays. You can find bets in their Explore tab that they just added, which is very, very cool. And you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find their popular parlays. And, of course, so much more, including Auburn Futures. Auburn is um, is on there to win the national championship. There's also Futures odds for uh, for Peyton Thorne to win the Heisman. So be sure to check that out. FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Indeed. Daryl, a ton of true freshmen, I believe, are going to play for the Auburn Tigers in 2024. I don't think it's going to be at quarterback, and I don't think it'll be at running back, but I think at almost every other position, there's a chance. There's a chance for true freshmen to play early, early. And I think it's going to be an opportunity for Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff to kind of flex and say, this is the type of talent that's coming. Auburn fans, SEC all of college football. So outside of quarterback, because I, I just don't think Walker White's going to, I mean, he may play a mop-up duty or backup role. We'll see how he performs in spring. But at wide receiver, obviously Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, Bryce Kane, and Malcolm Simmons, I believe all four of those will play um, legitimate snaps. Do you agree with that? I agree. All four. Uh, two of them will probably play more than the other two, but I sure. still think all four will pay, will play legitimate snaps. Yes. Yeah. All right, no true freshman at the tight end position. The true freshman coming in offensive line, DeAndre Carter in favor, Edwin. I would not be shocked if DeAndre Carter's in the two deep when it's all said and done. Me too. I think he will be. I think he'll be like Connor Lou, and he'll end up playing a lot of snaps for Auburn on the offensive line. Yeah, especially if they don't get that tackle that allows Dylan Wade to scoot inside to guard. Both of those guard spots will be open, and we'll definitely see how all that transpires. A defensive line, I think Amaris Williams. I said it right, right? It's Amaris. Amaris I don't want to call yes. that again. Yeah, Amaris. feel so bad about that. It's not as bad as when Charlie Five and I came on after Dezalyn Warsham committed, and we called him yeah. Dazlin for like 40 minutes. Oh, everybody did. Or you didn't say Prince Wega either, but anyway, go ahead. Sure, that's like true. Like I did, so there you go. That makes you feel better. That's true. Um but Amaris Williams, Malik Blockton, and TJ Lindsay, I think all of those guys play because I think they're going to have to. Yeah, exactly right. They're going to have to. And it's going to be baptism by fire with those three. And I think all I think all three of those guys were probably told, come here and get some playing time early for Auburn. I think yeah, that was a recruiting was, sell. There was a 
somebody in, in the corner message board at on three at auburnlive.com and he posted about moving it wouldn't be crazy to move Keldrick Falk inside to the three technique, which is where Marcus Harris was a year ago, which I think it makes sense if they keep putting weight on him. And then if that were the case, it wouldn't be crazy for Amaris Williams to start at defensive end. And uh, Justin Hokinson, who I respect dearly, commented and said, yeah, I agree with this. Uh, this. This wouldn't shock me. And so just seeing that would be crazy. And then I hear nothing but incredible things about Malik Blockton. Um, who was here for some of the bowl practices and TJ Lindsay, I think is incredible. I mean, an Arkansas kid who transferred to IMG and stood out at IMG. If you can stand out at IMG, you can stand out anywhere. They said a lot of people said he was one of their best defensive players down the stretch. Hard to uh, keep your eyes off of him on the field because he was so dominant and the Blockton kid, you know, we've talked about him before, kind of a kid that can, if at some point can play multiple positions, get some weight on him, you know, he could move to the nose, I've even heard Granger Coach Shook say. So it'll be interesting. I think all big? three are, he could yeah, he he has the frame, is what Shook said, to add that kind of weight after a year. Now, not this first year, but the second year. When you said multiple positions, I was thinking three technique and defensive end. So he's six four, two eighty. Yeah. So you get him to four, three yeah. you get him to three ten, he could play nose. Yeah, assuming that's what they want him to do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, totally. but all three, like like you said, will be counted on to play, and I think we'll see we'll see playing time. Yeah. So an interesting battle, and you know we'll do top spring battles to to watch and all that, and this will definitely be one of them. So we all know that Jalen McLeod's going to be the Jack, the main pass rusher. But after that, Jamata Waller versus Brenton Williams, I think is going to be fascinating. I think mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting what that looks like. And then obviously Joseph Phillips is going to be a part of that room too. So, yeah. Um, and then Joseph Phillips may play like true linebacker. That'll be something that we watch too this spring. But both of those guys will play. Jamonta Waller and Joseph Phillips. Those, those guys will both play. That's the thing about this defensive recruiting class. You go up and down the, the list of the recruits and you, it's very hard to find somebody that won't play. I mean, that's the you 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 could probably spend more time. You could probably be more successful and do it quicker by saying, "Okay, there's only a few guys that that won't play." That's good. good that point. that is absolutely bodes well for Auburn. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only one that we've gotten to so far that we said won't play is Favor Edwin, and yes, that's just because right. of a positional thing too. So, yeah, I mean. This may be a topic that we do later, but Demarcus Riddick, DJ Barber, and Joe Phillips at linebacker will probably cause some upperclassmen to transfer after spring. Demarcus Riddick was one that I had heard some conflicting mixed reports coming into him signing and when he got to do some bowl practices. Let me let me explain. There are a couple of guys that I know very, very well officiated some of his games. And they said he looked disinterested. He was a physical specimen, but just, well, then we find out later he was playing safety. I mean, he was playing mm -hmm. a different position that he's supposed to. His yeah. Then, by all accounts, haven't you heard? I've heard nothing but glowing comments about can't take my eyes off him during bowl practice. No, and I'll fourth. ask people. I'll ask people about other players, Daryl, and they're like, "Yeah, well, I'll, I'll answer that in a second. But oh my goodness, Demarcus Riddick. Okay, yeah, so that great. that made me feel a lot better. It's like a, a competition elevation thing. Uh, once he got and got in the right position and got coached up, that people just said he stood out. Absolutely yeah. stood out. So that that's I expect him to do the same thing when when the season starts.
Yeah, and then the the final freshman that we'll talk about, Amon Lane Gaines, Jalen Crawford, Kinsley Fauston, and Caleb Harris, all defensive backs. I think the only one of those guys I'm expecting to play as true freshman is Jalen Crawford right now. I heard some things about Fauston being a little bit more advanced from the safety position, so we'll see. Being very smart, very yeah. uh, picks up things quick. One of those guys that, you know, it, really high football IQ, underrated, uh, you know, sleeper in the safety class this year. So who knows? He may make his way into the rotation as well. Yeah, if he does, it's probably a good thing for the long term of Auburn football. Daryl, how can people check out everything that you've got going on? Follow me on X, DAP 6410, postcast basketball shows with you. Uh, and then obviously Friday, normally Friday mornings with my man, Zach, Unlocked on Auburn. Yes, absolutely. And you can uh, follow me on socials at Z Blackerby. Read all of our written work at auburndaily.com. Subscribe to the channel. We are so close to 15,000, which uh, feels ridiculous to say. But yeah, please help us get there. That would be insane and incredible. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.